Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. It's that time. Once again, Tuesday, you are fun. Nailed it this time. Awesome OPGA show. Genesis Invitational. We got a lot to talk about. One of the best tournaments. Uh, to close out the California swing. That's an ad, but now it's muted. I am Ben Reza. That is fantasy golf man, Tim Frank. We are good to go, Tim. How goes it? How was Pebble Beach? Uh, what, do, what do you think of where we're at here in the golf season? Um, would it be bad if I told you I didn't know who won Pebble Beach until Monday morning? Would, would that be bad thing for me to say? Not, not great, but I, I didn't turn it on till. I, I did the perfect, like people always talk about with the NBA, uh, you know, if you turn it on the last three minutes, you get the whole game. I turned it on, saw Burgers Eagle, turned it off, uh, got what I needed. That's all, that's all you needed, huh? Did you see Lashley destroy the green? That's really the only thing worth. I did, I did see that. Not a good look from Nate Lashley. Not a good look. from. That's not going to stop me from possibly touting him, though, when we get down there. So Nasty Nate. Yeah, I mean, it was... You know, I don't know. Pebble is Pebble, uh, obviously. It's, yeah. What? Even without the amateurs, it's just, I don't know. It's just not for me. I think it still has the stink of the three courses and the amateurs were still there. It's just like, so I've made a mental block. Um, but this week, this is, this might be my favorite regular season event of the year. It's a good, I mean, this is a, this is like a major. Uh, it's yeah. got everything that you want. Um, we're going to get to Riviera in just one second. Uh, other than Pebble though, I mean, it follows the trend. Not that this is predicted, but again, another guy, top end guy, misses a cut and wins a tournament. I think it just the only thing that you can take from it is clearly that we can't overreact to a miscut by a good player. Uh, these guys can turn it around. We've seen it three straight weeks now. Yeah, it almost it literally means nothing. Like no. one missed cut from an elite player um means absolutely nothing and people still and even myself included we say well i don't know you know he missed a cut last week something's wrong something's up it almost it means nothing it was two rounds of golf you know in a missed cut um and an, an event and a sport that has so much variance in it anyway um yeah we really yeah we really got to start overlooking that and um Maybe even looking into it as like a, a buy low spot, not, not only not overlooking it, but actively kind of pursuing those spots. Um, it, it's it. been pretty, pretty beneficial for people that have done it the last couple of weeks, as you mentioned. And it's not just the winners. I mean, I, honestly, so far it's an early season. Scotty Scheffler at, at Waste Management for me was maybe my favorite play of the year. And he was coming off where he shot like 80 in, on that Friday. Just these guys who miss near the number too it's one stroke and you know as well as 
better than most. Like some of these guys, they get in Xander or Cantley, they get in on the number. Then you look on Sunday and they're tied for sixth and it, it masks what could have been a miscut. So there's a lot to take away from it. Uh, you know, the speed thing, he, he did look good again, obviously, I guess, disappointing that he blew the lead. I don't take much from that either, but all in all pebble, I'm glad to have it behind me. I much prefer where we are at this week. Uh, I'm assuming you're a fan of Riviera. Yeah, like, I love this event. Um, it like it feels like a major. The field is a major quality field. I love the course. I think the course is a major quality course. Um, we don't have any course rotations, any of that stuff. It's just yeah, this is a this is a great event and one that I always look forward to. And kind of, I mean, it's my favorite event of the year. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we have the Amex, the Pebble Beach, some some crummy events to start off the year. Um, definitely look forward to this. It's kind of like the the beginning of, of the real golf season for me. Yeah, no doubt. And chat as usual, it's good to see everybody. You guys know the drill. If you could hit that like button right off the bat, get us going in the right direction. Um, it's going to be a good one. This is, I'm excited to get into this. We've seen Riviera literally forever. Everybody knows this course. It's POA. It's tough, tough fairways. I think that you can work out of trouble though. Um, the rough doesn't seem over overly punishing. I think you could compare it to Augusta in a lot of ways. What do you look at at a course that it clearly we have a ton of information on? Yeah, so it's 7,300 yard par 71, like you mentioned, Poe Greens, uh, really narrow fairways. Uh, you know, so the rough might be hard to work out of, but there's just going to be a lot of missed fairways, and you're going to see that for everyone, even some of the more accurate guys. Um, so long course, narrow fairways. Can play fairly tough. We've seen the winning score kind of all over the place. Um, minus 11 last year. We've seen minus 12, minus 14. So, you know, moderately difficult. Um, can play hard. It's definitely not a birdie fest. Um, you know, for me, you look at the guys that have had success here, um, and it's just absolute, like, bombs away. Uh, DJ, Bubba, JB Holmes. Like, not, not just long players. Like, some of, like, the longest players of, like, this generation. Or, I guess, in JB Holmes, maybe he was kind of, like, half a generation ago. Um, but it, it's, like, there's multiple years where, like, the top two or three players are just, just mega long. Last year, Adam Scott won plenty long. Year before, JB and Justin Thomas. Year before that, Bubba and Finau. Year before that, DJ won. The year before that, Bubba and Kokrak. I mean, Bubba and DJ a couple of years prior to that. Um, so it just absolutely bombs away here for me. I mean, there's some shorter guys mixed in. We always talk about that, you know, how guys can compete at any tracks. But for me, length, big, big advantage this week. Yeah, listen, I think that it's a course still not one where I'm going to rule out short hitters, but it's a tougher test. You are behind the eight ball. Um, part of it, though, I do think we need to clarify. We've been talking about this more and more. This is an event that a lot of world-class players win. And I don't know if that's bo- like JB Holmes winning is a, a, a clear data point for bombers, but like DJ winning is a clear data point to good players playing here, not bombers. But I think all in all, it's a Bubba track as we know. Uh, we'll see. I mean, Kevin, now Wesley Bryan had a big finish here when he was in form back in the day. So there is another side to that story. But if I had to make a golfer, if I had to build one, it would certainly be a guy who excels with distance off the tee. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Um, DJ winning definitely does not mean it's a, a bomber's track, but I think even if you look at some of the secondary players, plenty long guys like James Hahn, stuff like that. Um, 
but yeah, anybody can get it done if you have a read on a shorter hitter. It's just going to be a little bit more difficult for them. That's not to say that they can't compete, they can't contend. Like we've seen, like you said, West Bryan, Kevin Na. I just think for those guys, it's just a little bit harder. They have to play better, um, yeah. you know, better than, I don't know what you want their baseline, better than they can't make as many mistakes as some of the longer players. It's just a tougher track for them to contend and compete on, but it's possible. Oh, it's definitely possible. Yeah, you're going to need a better short game. You're going to have to make more putts. You're certainly going to have to dial it in with the wedges more than those other guys. And I think you are a little more because the thing that (laughs) we're going to dive into the players in a second, but like there's always this notion that if you're not long off the tee, you're accurate. There's also some guys that are just bad off the tee and they're just they don't hit it far. And they're also just as inaccurate. That's where you're you're just mega punished here. Like, at least if you get it out there, you can work out of trouble. If you're 50 yards behind the guy and in the rough, a.k.a., you know, the Wesley Bryan, that that could be an issue. Yeah, 100% tough driving course. So if you're not, if you're short and wild, it's a bad spot for you. Yeah. And yes, Berger did withdraw today. He's the only real name of, of anything that we've seen so far. And let's get into it. Uh, we've got 120 golfers, so a little less. Six of six should be elevated. Um, and we've got, obviously this is like the best of the best. I'm sure I'm missing a couple guys, but everyone is practically here. Uh, no web, um, which makes my life a little easier. We got DJ as the only golfer North of 11 at 11, three, clearly he should be the top price guy. Then you've got JT Rory Rom, and Bryson. So the big five this week, but to me, it's the big one. And then four other guys, how do you view that, uh, DJ's on another level right now? Yeah, he really is on another level, just playing just great golf since, you know, the ending of last season, um, you know, made with all the majors um, win at Saudi uh, a couple weeks ago on the European tours absolutely dominates here. Um, he's got a win. He's got a top 10 and nine of his last 12 starts here. Um, so everything adds up. I mean, it, it all makes sense. I think the thing with him is pricing is pretty soft this week. I mean, it's a strong field. Um, there's a lot of good players priced, you know, it it almost feels like a major, major championship pricing as well. So it's really easy to play DJ and build great lineups and and even possibly play two of these guys at the top. So I think he's going to be really popular, not only because he's the best player in the world right now and has a great course history, feels safe, massive win equity, but I think the pricing just allows you to play him so easily. So it would be heavily owned. I mean, so it's really ownership is honestly the only question on whether you want to pull the trigger with DJ. I mean, no one's going to find a reason to not play him outside of ownership. Yeah. that And that really is the only reason. And listen, it's early. It's the middle of Tuesday when we're doing this show. Uh, just giving you a little peek. One of the many reasons you should sign up for awesome. Plus uh, get in our premium tools. One of the many is ownership. DJ, not as popular as I thought he's like 26% right now. Now that's going to change. It is, but if he is there and Rom and Rory and these guys are like 20%, I will just play DJ and predominantly. Uh, now, if he's 35% and the other guys are 12%, now we have a conversation. So uh, you mentioned the ridiculous stats here. He's got three wins in his last eight starts. He's got six top threes in his last eight starts on tour. Now, some of that's a wrap around to 2020, but there is nothing wrong with anything besides he's going to be popular. Uh, it's the guy is yeah, just on a heater. It reminds me of when he was falling down the stairs leading up to the masters. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what else to say. 
Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing to say. It's like most likely to win the event, but also extremely consistent. You know, even when he's not winning, he's putting in great performances. I uh, sometimes with guys like Rory, you'll see great performances, and then you'll see some you know poor performances. Um, with him, it feels like you're getting a win, or if you're not getting a win, you're getting like a T8 or something like that. So it's been, it's been a great run for him, and this obviously everything sets up perfectly for him this week. Yeah, and listen, that's not to say I want to be clear. You know, if ownership rises and these other guys are world, you know, give me Rom's A game, JT's A game, Rory, uh, you know, in theory his A game. Like all of these guys are still playing fantastic golf. Uh, ownership will tell the tale. Right now, JT looks like the low man around 10%. We'll see. Again, it's very early. Let's take DJ out of the equation though. You have four other guys. For me, Bryson would be last of the four just because I don't think he's as nearly as consistent as the other three. Is that how you view it? Or do you think rolling the dice with Bryson is actually interesting? Yeah, I think I'm the exact opposite of you. Is okay. I want to roll the dice with Bryson. We know he's not as consistent as JT, Rory, or Rom, but he when he's on, he's just going nuclear um in a great i think this is a great course for him you know that we've kind of chronicled all the long hitters that have had success here he was fifth here last year 15th here the year before not really worried about course history because i think it's just a great setup because it's going to be bombs away you know he's going to be more volatile than these other guys but i kind of like taking that risk with him uh he was 18th in saudi uh he was seventh at the tournament of champions those are the two times that we've seen him this year um you know, I don't know where ownership's going to shake out with him. And like we said, kind of at the end of last year, he's not a guy that you want to play as chalk because he is so volatile. Um, but I like the price. I like him kind of being the cheapest of the elite guys. Have to take a peek at ownership, see where that's going to shake out. But I kind of like to embrace the volatility with him. Um, the other three guys, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like we have this same conversation every time a big event rolls around, trying to parse out these three dudes. And just they're all so close. They're all great. They're all playing well. They all they, they don't have weaknesses in their games. It's almost, you know, it's a personal preference ownership. I mean, those are really the only ways I, I can kind of nitpick these guys apart. It's really tough for me. It's tough forever. Like, I, I don't I, I the truth of the matter is you're talking about very slim edges, if any. And if any of them get going with the putter, any of them just get dialed in watch out ownership to me is the one thing that's a little more predictive we we can you know alex does a great job with that jt looks like the lowest owned right now and to me that's interesting he never misses a cut none of these guys really do um bryson's the wild card you mentioned you know his course history here is fine not that it matters because it's going to be a good setup he's gained over five strokes t to green in all three of his appearances here should be able to deploy his formula and i will say there are guys we're going to get to much later in the show that have the Bryson formula, which is crush it off the tee and make pots, uh, you know, weak iron games relative to their price point. Anything else? I mean, I think you kind of summed it up. You've got DJ, you've got Bryson as the wild card, and then you have three guys who are all playing well, all bunched together. And I think all going to be similarly owned. Yeah, I mean, there's really not much. It's really difficult. Eh? We've been playing this game, I think, ever since the restart. However many months ago it, it's been, I mean, these guys have really all been kind of neck and neck, very similar results and stats and everything. And it's, yeah, it's difficult. You just kind of have to go with kind of where the ownership takes you because they're so, so equal, all, all, all of these guys, or at least JT, Rory, Rom, mm -hmm. um, you know, DJ kind of in a level of his own, Bryson, a little different level with the volatility. 
but um, yeah, you're not, you're not, there's none of these guys that you're just nuking from the player pool because there's a huge glaring red flag in their game. Yeah. Uh, agree. And just last thing I'll say, and we'll move on to the nine K's. If you plug in DJ and one of the others, you still have North of 7,100 for the four spot. So it's very doable if you want to double up and that's including DJ. Um, you know, you're going to have around seven K with like Bryson and those, those types. It, it can be done. Um, so we'll see now in, in major level fields, the, do you want to start in the nines question is serious business. Uh, we have some great players here, starting with Xander Brooks, Cantlay, Morikawa, Berger withdrew, Finau, Spieth, Decky. So these are big time names, but you're fading DJ, JT, Rory, Rom, and Bryson. Tim, is that too much win equity right off the bat to fade? Or are you saying, you know what? I'm getting world-class players uh, kind of at a discount. Yeah, I mean, you can make some ridiculously good lineups, you know, if you start in the 9Ks um, and, and really not have any kind of weak links. Um, you know, I don't think you're giving up too much win equity, but I do. I just think the pricing is soft enough to where um, there's just enough uh, cheaper players, guys in the 7Ks that I like, um, where I, I just – it's easy to build a lineup with DJ or or some of these other top guys above 10K. I, I guess I just don't see the reason in that way to build a more balanced lineup. I like to go balanced when it feels like either A, I don't like paying up for the guys at the top, or B, there's no cheap guys that I like, so I kind of want to avoid that range. We don't have that this week. I, there's guys I love at the top, and there's cheaper guys. So um, while I don't mind the balanced build, you know, I, I kind of prefer the stars and scrubs on a week like this. Totally agree. A uh, couple more factors. One, and listen, Xander, world-class player. I, I don't think he's as good as those other guys. To me, there's a actual drop-off from the tens to the nines. It's a, yeah, I know. Put it uh, on your tombstone. Yes, it's going to be, if I can afford it. Um, the other thing, this is a 120-man field. I usually go more balanced when I'm like, man, this is going to be just give me six to six. And obviously you need six to six. It is slightly easier to open it up this week uh, and get into the lower ranges and, and probably get these guys through. So a lot of the things from reasons that you like balanced are negated when you're talking about this particular field. So it's a strong, strong uh, preference for me to pay up. It's not to say when I say stars and scrubs, it doesn't mean I'm playing like DJ JT and Rory and then three, six K guys. <laughs> It just means I probably will have one of the big names on basically every lineup. Yeah, I think we're on the same page there for sure. Random comment from chat. Corn Ferry, Peter Uline. I actually did bet him, uh, which is disturbing on many levels. I also bet that kid from Virginia, Stangler, whatever his name is. You, did you look at the numbers from last week from old PD, PDU? Not good. I was not, even not on my good. teams. He found the weekend. He did find the weekend. He did find he found it. Uh that knocks penalty. The missed two footer to the penalty. Talk about a coffin, but we're not gonna get off track. I promised myself I wouldn't complain. All right. We've got this is such a tough range for me, Tim, because again, I do think there's a gap. But you've got guys, you know, Xander's just playing well. Brooks is coming off a win. Cantley, yeah, it was a little disappointing after Thursday, but he still played great. Morikawa, Finau, I'm not going to really, we'll get to speed in a second, but just talk about the upper nines. What do you do here? Are these second men in, or are you saying, you know what, I'm going to actually kind of skip this range? 
I mean, I might end up skipping this range, but it's not because there's not good plays and good players here. I I, I just really like the look of the kind of uh, two studs at the top, but they're really, really good options here. I know you hate Xander. We, we can't deny how good he's playing. T5 or better. And, T5 or better in six of his last eight, and the other two were T17s, and these are in good fields. I mean, he's not beating up on terrible fields. But we all – I mean, it's the same story with Xander. Um, it's all its all about whether you or I or whoever's making the lineup thinks that he is right there with these other elite guys. You and I generally fall in the he's not quite there, and then he absolutely murders us every single week. But, um, yeah, I see that. Calais, I mean, I like it 9,600. I don't think you're going to find, like, a quieter – Guy who rolls in with a third and a second, ball striking phenomenal in in both of those events. Good course history, 17th, 15th, fourth. I mean, it lines up great, and it just seems like uh, nobody really cares. Um, so I like that. Another Finau at 9,300, coming off of a second, a second, and a fourth, um, second on the European Tour. Uh, second at the Farmers, fourth at the Amex. And this, to me, seems like a, a good spot for him. Not super expensive, strong field, tough track, kind of like a major where we've seen him play well. I know the price starts to creep up. He's not in the mid-range, and he shouldn't be. I mean, he's playing great. But, I mean, I really like the spot for him because this is where we've seen him do a ton, a ton of damage in really strong fields on tough tracks. Yeah, you see, this is what happens. All these are good points, and that is why when Xander is like 30% owned again this week, I, he's unbelievable, but I just can't. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, Bryson's 9%. Uh, you know, Fina, I want all. I want so much exposure to these type of players. Someone gets squeezed. Sometimes it tends to be Xander. I am coming around a little, though. Uh, just not going to get over if he's the most popular play. It's just as simple as that. Fina... The only knock on him, and it's certainly valid, is that he doesn't win the tournament. But you just said it. He There's plenty of scenarios where he doesn't win, and he's still a vital part of a lineup this week. Uh, he, he's just a player. Morikawa, to me, is the toughest one. I, I still I – mean, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's not good. I think we know that he's won a major already. We just haven't really seen him. He was fine at Sony, uh, hasn't played since then. I, I kind of think that he's towards the back – of the list for me, but that's more just a product of the opportunity cost of playing any of these guys. There's a lot in there. And then we didn't even get to the lower nines. Let's do that right now. I think there's a terrible spot for Spieth. I have zero interest coming off. What is a definite improvement, but still no, but you've got Decky and Scott. I mean, what do you do with those two? And do you like Spieth? Yeah. I mean, I don't like Spieth. He's definitely, he's playing a lot better. Um, obviously third and fourth, but the ball striking has been there, uh, plus 4.4 pebble plus 4.1, uh, at waste management. Um, but this is just a tough, tough track for him. for him. Yeah. Um, you know, off the tee we talked about, he's just, that's his, that's his weakness. And that's, that's going to be really tough. And he's had a couple good finishes here, but I mean, we're going back to when he was an elite player, fourth in 2015, ninth in 2018 but I, I really don't like the course fit and I think right now he's just turning into a guy especially as we see the form kind of start to turn he seems like a like he's gonna be like a course fit type of guy um and, and some of these shorter tracks where they're not that demanding off the tee I think are gonna be right in his wheelhouse and that's what we saw last week at Pebble um but this is just a tough tough ask for him so I don't like him but I mean he's playing better um so I wouldn't probably gonna see him win at some a different type of course here in the near future. Um, boy, Adam Scott, 
really good record here. Tenth uh, of Farmers ball striking was not great. Decent ball striking. So I don't know. I, I I think I'm going up to Finau Cantlay um, over these guys in the lower nine range. I mean, I you know decent great course fit guy like Decky, guy like Adam Scott, but just I don't think they're for me this week. Interesting. Uh, I I like them definitely more than you do. I bet Scott thirty five to one uh, defending champ here. At, I just love the fit. I think that he is made for this type of golf. Doesn't need to lean on the putter. Obviously, if he's leaning on the putter, we have serious problems. Just built for this. Can work out of trouble. Good with long irons. Similar to Decky, who, I mean, he loves this course. He's crushed here with the irons. I think it's a real question, though. I mean, is Decky that good? anymore? like his his course history, you might be looking at bad data because he's just not doing what he normally does, which is tee to green absurdness every week now it's more sporadic yeah decky's been a real tough guy for me to peg i think you know around the middle of last year i started kind of sour on him um and then he flashed some decent finishes he's been a little more inconsistent than we saw you know the ball striking seems like it's been coming and going but now we're going back years since his last win and i mean i think he will win again but i just think the fact that it's been so long since he's won he's been a little bit more inconsistent he's just I would prefer Scott out of the two of them. I don't, I, I, Decky has just kind of been all over the map so far this year. And his putter, I mean, it was never good, but it's as bad as it's ever been. So like you're, you're combining not as crisp ball striking, which is bad putting. So, um, I don't, I don't have a ton. I'm not saying I'm not going to get to Decky in some capacity. I prefer Scott. I prefer Finau. Um, I also prefer, again, this is the quality of the Genesis. Let's go to the 8k range. We've got plenty of real names. We've got Bubba, who, I mean, my God, we'll, we'll get to the course history in a second. Then you've got a lot of interesting names. You've got Neiman, Hovland, Scheffler, uh, Will Z, Wolf, all those types, young guns, talented. Then you've got guys like Leishman, Cam Smith, Homa, who I play every week and is playing fantastic. Absolutely love him. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Again this week. Talk to me about this range. Obviously, we have to start with Bubba, who, I, what, three times, right? Three yeah, times. three-time winner here. You know, a lot like Bryson, you know, he's not a consistent guy, but when he's on, he's on. When he's at a course he likes, he's very dangerous, and this is one of his favorite courses. Um, and, he, you know, he struck it well at waste management. He was T22, but he gained over four strokes uh, off the tee and on approach. So he, he comes in hitting it well, and we saw him gain some consistency last year, uh, put up really good ball striking numbers, uh, was a lot more consistent than we had seen him in previous years. So I like him a lot. He's just another guy. Um, you know, I don't know if you necessarily want to pair him with Bryson, but uh, the the same style. Like if he gets it going, um, you know, he's got huge win equity, and then the volatility might scare some people away. So I like him. Neiman at eighty eight hundred, coming off of back to back runner ups with at least seven point six ball striking in both of them. I mean, you just like it's like chef kiss. I can't think of like a better scenario. 
Um, I don't. What do you think about his course fit, though? I don't know. Do you do you worry about him on a tougher track? Does it seem like he beats up on the easier tracks a little bit more? I don't know. That'd be the only thing that I can think of. So that's I think a reasonable ask for all these guys, but they're they're so talented. I thought that about Wolf, and then <laughs> saw what he did at majors. So Neiman, I mean, people forget how young he is too. He's just like them. Uh, he's just got a little more experience on tour. I feel fine about him. The guy that I'm I'm struggling with the most, not to say be, figuring out if I like him or not, it's how much do I like him as Victor Hovland. I like the spot for him. I believe he may be the best of the bunch long-term. The one thing that I'm, it's early and I don't want to overreact, but like when I look at his best finishes, OHL, Puerto Rico, Wyndham, worked at like, it's not the type of courses that I thought. Now you could say maybe that's a product that the fields are just garbage and he's just destroying weak fields and he actually will excel at like Riviera, maybe things of that nature. I, I want to see how he kind of reacts here. I love everything he does. Incredible driver of the ball. I mean, as good as you're going to find on tour, Putter was good at farmers gained 4.1 and he came in second for that reason. What do you make of Hovland? I mean, I don't want to say long-term, but I, I think he's built to handle this for sure. Yeah, I mean, I love him um, just in general. You know, in, in the the good finishes coming at the easier tracks, you know, I, I think, you know, his Achilles heel has been the short game or at least around the green uh, game. And, and that could come to bite him here at, at a little bit of a tougher track if he's forced to scramble a little bit. So I think that's why you've seen him play well at some of the easier tracks along with the fact that, yeah, they're probably worse fields, but I'm, I'm, I'm super high on him sixth in his last start on the European tour uh, second at the farmers struck it great. Like he almost always does. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with him. Uh, just, I mean, for the hundred dollar difference, I'd prefer Neiman over him. I just like coming in off, off of back-to-back seconds with those stats. It's just, uh, that's really hard for me to pass up. I, I, I like them both preferential to Neiman though. Yeah, I like them both preferential to Hovland, but you're not going to convince me uh, to go wrong in any. You can double up there and still find someone north of 10K. <laughs> what do you make of Leishman? Because he's built for this, and it is maybe it's a resurgence. Obviously, he's clearly better than last year, whether it's health or just form. Um, he's he's no you know notorious for this type of track, working in out of trouble fourth year in 2019. I, I like him. I just don't like him as much as those other guys. Yeah, he's been better. Um, he's been a lot better because he was awful. But the numbers still are not overwhelming to the point of where I really want to play him when you mix him in with just absolute studs, young guns like Hoblin, like Neiman, like Scheffler. Um, you know, he was 18th at the Farmers, he gained 2.2. He was 4th at Sony, he gained 6.2. He was 24th at the Tournament of Champions, he gained 2.8 um, with the ball striking. So he's been better, but I think when you when you sandwich him in with all these like absolute studs who are just striping the ball, that's that's tough for me because he's not he's not coming in as hot as some of these other guys. So I, yeah, I, I'm I'm preferential to, to the younger guys in this group. As I, I do want to talk about the younger guys towards the bottom, though. You've got Will Z, uh, you've got Wolf. Uh, Homa to me is in a different category. He's just playing consistent, and I'm going to keep playing him, particularly on POA, particularly in California. Seventh last week, all systems go. What do you make of the other guys, though? Wolf, obviously, been very erratic. Will Z, uh, you know what? He, he's been great last week. You know, it happens, not the best uh, 55th at the Pro Am. Yeah, it wasn't good last week. That hurt me. Um, 
But again, it's like we don't want to overreact to one. It wasn't even a miscut, just one kind of poor performance. Um, you know, Wolf, I'm going to throw him in with Bryson and with Bubba. And I, and I think this is kind of a decent buy, low spot at 8,100. I think he's, at least in my mind, he's always linked with Hovland, with Scheffler, with Morikawa. And I, I kind of compare those guys' prices uh, when they're in the field together. And he's the cheapest and the cheapest by far when you compare him to a guy like Morikawa. Um, so I know he had some injury concerns at Farmers or he was just playing terrible and he withdrew. But he was T36 at Waste Management. The ball striking was right around even, so that's not great. But I just think it's kind of a, a decent buy low spot and a decent spot to embrace the volatility. I like him. Like you said, Homa has just been really good. Um, 7th, 42nd, 18th, 21st. Um, last three, the ball striking has been solid. He's a California guy. I like him. So, you know, I think Homa is a good play, safer play, Wolf, a little more volatility involved there. Yeah, listen, you're gonna you're not gonna find consistency from these guys, but the new formula on tour, like Wolf is gonna have at least one this year where he just blows everybody away. He's got that talent, and all of them do. I think Hovland for me is probably my favorite of the bunch. Scheffler is kind of interesting, but uh not there. So Homa, Neiman, Hovland, maybe leash in this range. Uh all right, as we work down, let's get to the sevens. Before I do though, I want to say a couple of things. One, a lot of people in here are going to ask for some likes. We've got some free content on the site today. If you're playing NBA, NBA DFS player rankings, plus NHL DFS and top stack rankings. So a lot going on on the ice and the hardwood. Also, help us reach 30,000 followers on Twitter. When we do, we're doing a big giveaway, 30 free Awesome Plus weekly passes to the followers. Just go to twitter.com, awesome underscore com, follow the account. Follow me and Tim. That's not part of it, but for good karma, uh, that definitely helps your chances. So we know to, we need all the help we can get, especially my Twitter. It's in shambles. Uh, 7K range. A lot of guys, obviously, we're going to need to find something here. And they're still big names. Kevin Na, who's had success here. Abraham Answer, who seems like he hasn't played in months. It's been a couple weeks. He's actually playing pretty well. Ortiz, Henley, Sergio. Uh, what do you make? Let's just start at the top. What do you make at the top of the sevens? Not in love with the, the very upper end of the seven K range. You don't mind an answer. He's 53rd on the European tour. That wasn't great. Uh, but fifth at Amex gained five strokes with the ball striking uh, decent there. And I think my, the other guy that I like, and maybe my favorite play in the upper seven K range is actually Sergio at 7,700 12th and sixth in his last two starts on the European tour has good course history here he's got a couple fourths got a 13th um, but this just isn't a range I like I think I would default to Sergio um, but there's some guys cheaper down in the 7k range that I actually prefer over any of these guys not a, not a ton up here for me I think answer is interesting um, just good ball striker kind of fits what I want to do here he's got the talent good at Amex N- nothing really to say other than that to be honest he's got some experience here hasn't done anything That'll suppress ownership. Sergio, similar. What do you make of Fitze? Uh, 7,600. Obviously, he's not a long hitter, but he's never long, and he can he can play these type of tracks with the way he, he can get it done with the short game. Yeah, it's kind of – that's the knock on him when I see him at a course like this, that oh, he's not long enough, but he contends and he competes and wins European Tour events on bomber tracks. Um yeah, just not a lot really going on with him. What was he, 17th the last time we saw him on the European Tour? I'm not a big Fitzy guy, and the course fit does scare me, even though he can get it done on courses like this. Um, 
he's a, he's a no for me. I'm just not a, I don't know. He's like the European tour Spieth. I don't know. Yeah. It's not even that bad of comparison. I just, I love Fitzy. I'm not the biggest Spieth guy. I mean, would you rather go it, see, it's interesting because Cameron Tringali is playing phenomenal golf. Then you've got, no, good for me last week. Finally, Molinari Woodland, Cam Davis, your boy, Corey Connors, your boy, James Hahn. Dare I say it? Your boy. Uh, what are you doing at 75? I mean, are you going to these type of names or are you looking to maybe get even lower? Yeah. Yeah. I like these guys. And it, it's funny that you mentioned Tringali and playing well last week. I think it's important to note. It's just like, we're completely different. They're like two opposite ends of the spectrum as far as courses and just events in general, you know, really short par 72s that, you know, not demanding off the tee, weak field. Now we got a strong field, demanding off the tee, tougher course. Um, not to say that, you know, playing good or bad last week doesn't have any bearing on this week. Um, but like seeing a guy like Tringali excel at Pebble in that event, it, you know, I don't know how much of that carries over. Plus, I'm just not a Tringali fan. We're I'm just done with these old guys, the old journeyman, weak off the tee players. Um, yeah, Connor, I mean, these two guys, I, I love them. Connor's at 7,500. We all know this. Um, Seven starts in a row with at least 2.9 ball striking. And that's got a 10th at the Masters and a 17th at Mayakoba mixed in there where we don't have uh, shot link data. But just, you know, week in, week out, he's going to stripe the ball. I love it. You can say the same thing about Cam Davis. Just continues to, to strike it well. T14 last week, T13 at Farmers where he gained almost 10 strokes ball striking. Third at Amex where he gained six. Uh, great at Sony. And I like him. He's a 25-year-old kid, and we talk about this every week with him. We, we're not sure where the top end of his game is. I, I, I think the price is good. Um, the ball striking is great. And, and we're just not sure about him. I mean, we don't know. I mean, maybe he's going to be in the class with guys like Hovland and Scheffler, and he's still kind of working his way up there. I prefer that over a guy like Tringali, who has been playing well. But we know Cameron Tringali is not going to be an elite player. We know what we're getting with him. I'd rather say, yeah, let's take a shot with another guy that's striking a well, and maybe we're going to catch, you know, catch him on the upward trajectory. Yeah, I mean, you are kind of buying the top. Uh, I, it's going to be interesting, Cam Davis specifically. This is a big test for him because most of the fields, he hasn't seen something like this. And I do think that recent form can get washed away a little bit when you for, – for both sides of this, Tringali included, like – you're not playing against Rom and Rory and DJ and JT every week. If you were, you probably wouldn't see a bunch of seventh place finishes, not to take anything away from them, but I, I tend to go more with guys that have some experience with majors or just major upside to me. Corey Connors just has major upside. Now, if he's missing greens, he's going to miss the cut. He's not a good scrambler at all. Uh, but man, I was really impressed that Augusta to me, that can translate here. There is another guy at 7,500. There are four players at 7,500. We've talked about three of them. This is probably the worst of the bunch. He's clearly the worst of the bunch right now. I mean, is Ricky even in play at this point? I don't think so. I I just don't know. I mean, I was really high on him at waste management. and He was bad, and then he was bad again last week, which I thought would have been a decent course fit for him, the shorter – Shorter tracks, but uh, no, 7,500 just never had any success here at Riviera. Not that we're big course history guys, but for some guys, I think when you see that they've never played here and the times they've played here, they haven't played well. 
And he has a bunch of other question marks on top of that. I, I, I just don't see it. He looks lost. He doesn't seem like a candidate for one of those guys where it's like, well, we're just going to overlook a couple poor starts because he's an elite player or whatever. He looks like he's going down the speed uh, black hole of death, and we're not sure if he's going to come out the other side. There's nothing to point to. The, the problem <laughs> on top of everything is even if you don't play Ricky, yeah, he might make the cut. He has no top tens since I, I can't. I'm scrolling. My arm is getting tired. Uh, he has no top tens. He came in tenth at the Amex last year. So, like, it, we're talking over a year. It's not like there are certain guys on tour. Where it's like, man, they're missing a ton of cuts. But every so often, even Spieth to an extent he would come from the clouds and come in third. And it's like, well, if you can nail him on that one week, maybe not consistently. Ricky is not even doing that. He He's done nothing. He's not a POA guy. I'd rather wait for the Florida swing uh, and see if he bottoms out. It's not here for me. There's a very real chance for the first time maybe ever. I have 0% Ricky this week. Uh, I'm not sure I get there. Maybe in a little capacity, but you just can't rely on him. He's doing nothing uh, up to standards right now. I don't care. Like Pebble, I don't, the last thing I'll say, I don't care if that's a bad course with that field, you make the cut. Like you have to make <laughs> that cut. If you're a quality golfer, no matter what, like bad. Yeah. He looks so good in a lineup though. Doesn't he is like your last guy in or the second to the last guy in or something. It's like, yeah. Oh wow. I mean, I'm Ricky is my to... worst golfer. I'm a, it's the best lineup I can make right here. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm trying to work myself into like I'm sure by tomorrow, Ricky Rory Decky lineups as I do, the staple <laughs> of me are those three. Anyway, let's work down. This is where I do think you can get into trouble. You have to be careful with Streelman, Norlander, List is there, Hadwin, Hoffman, Maverick, big finish last week, Lashley, big finish last week, Keegan, Rio, uh. Matt Kuchar, forgot he existed. I mean, what do you do here? Do you go to guys with serious pedigree? Do you go to guys with big upside? I mean, this is where we're going to start to find more inconsistent golfers. Yeah, and this is where we're going to get into some dangerous guys who are historically not great players that come in with great finishes and great stats, but it's a big ask for them to play well in this field. Kind of like you said with Cam Davis, Although I'm a little bit higher on him long term, I like I don't know. Somebody needs a drug test, Henrik Norlander. I have no clue, like what's going on with this guy. 26, 22nd, second, and 12th, and the ball striking has been great and all of it. I'm just not a Norlander guy. Um, I'd much rather play Connors. Much rather play Cam Davis. Streelman's hitting it great, um, but he just falls into the Tringali range for me. I don't like this course for him. Um, I just don't like the old veterans who have weak off the tee games. I'm going to go to list at 7,300. He continues to strike it great. I didn't like him at farmers because I was a little concerned about the course fit, the tough track. And that was actually his best finish in a long time. He was 10th there gained 7.6. So I'm going to go right back to him. I mean, just, you know, every week plus 3.1 plus 7.6 plus six. Um, He's striking. He's got all the length in the world. You know, the tough course still is a little bit of a red flag, but he played well at Torrey, so I, I, I like I like him at 7,300. I'd much rather play him over guys like Norlander or Streelman, who have who have great stats, but I just can't get there with those guys. Don't like Streelman at all. Uh, we had a question from Chad about Maverick. 
he definitely can fit into, you could justify it by saying, you know, he's like Cam Davis and we just don't know. He's just so inconsistent though. And coming off that week, people are going to click his name just on that second. And you played great. I feel like it's just a little too, too much chasing. I, I don't mind list. Norlander Tita Green has been immaculate. I think if I had to go to him or Streelman, it would clearly be Norlander for me. It would be, and I know chat's not going to be shocked. It would be Wyndham Clark over all these guys for me, though, at 7,100. He has the formula that I want. That's the Bryson formula. He's going to, not as strong off the tee, not even close, but he's a good driver of the ball. He's an immaculate short game player. He's got weak irons, but he works himself in and out of trouble. He's made three straight cuts to start the year, 36th at Waste Management, 32nd at Farmer's. He's played here before, uh, 17th last year here. What did he do? He gained 2.1 off the tee, 5.7 putting, 1.3 around the green, lost three with the irons. (laughs) Seems crazy. He does it all the time, though. Uh, I'll go to list. I'll go to him. Griot's a little concerning. His irons are bad. And if you can't scramble here, you're absolutely crushed. Yeah, no Griot for me. Uh, The thing I like about Wyndham Clark is we talk about him kind of be an up and down boomer bust, but he's gained some consistency. And even though the finishes haven't been great, it's a lot better than seeing a bunch of missed cuts mixed in with, you know, random high finishes, 36th, 32nd, 54th. He was playing well kind of at the end of last season. I don't mind that. Um, I'm going to keep plugging away with Kyle Stanley at flat seven. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the putter never comes around. Maybe it's just one of those guys. Um but at flat seven, I don't think he's going to kill you. Those could be famous last words. But, I mean, he's gained now 4.1, 5.6, 5.7, 2.9. Those are his last four starts. Um, you know, the finishes have not been great outside of T18. At Torrey, that was the best finish. Um, but for flat seven, for the way he's hitting it, I, I like it. Yeah, I mean, his putter may never wake up, but even if it doesn't, you'll take any of the last four weeks from him with the cold putter. Like if he's coming in the top 40 at flat seven, you're probably taking it. And that's losing strokes on the green can handle long par fours, certainly built for this. And yes, Clark's irons are dangerously concerning. He's got a lot of risk. He just has at least one type of out. That's a little different. Um, I'm going to stick with Stanley. Go ahead. And the rest of the game, I think, I think, and I get caught up in that too. It's like the point is, is like the total strokes gained, correct, need to be good. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, not, it doesn't matter, but it's like we get hyper focused on like, well, this one part of the game. But it's like if he's gaining a ton in the other three areas, it's not going to matter if he's gaining a stroke around on the field, which he isn't. But if he was, it wouldn't matter. A guy like Rom or something who has a quote-unquote weak approach game it's like the point is to get the ball in the hole in the fewest amount of strokes not to you know gain strokes on approach or, or whatever he's making it up in other areas all right let's get to the cheapies here uh we've got a couple of minutes left then we're passing it on to the nhl show right after us and the nba show uh floor is yours tim 6k range i think that domin is interesting for me i'll throw that out there right off the bat you've got redmond guys like varner who catches your eye for, for the punts this week? Obviously, Doug Gim. It's like a it's like a thought experiment at this point, just to see like how how many times he can play well and not ever get expensive. 
Um, so I'm going to keep playing him for all the reasons I have. He's still playing well. I think he's got huge upside. Neesmith has really good stats, um, but he's another one of the guys that I question the course fit. He seems to have played well on easier courses, seems to play well on shorter courses. Um, so he would kind of fall into maybe like the Norlander where I don't completely trust the stats, but I mean, it looks, they, they look good on paper, but for me, I mean, I, Doc Redman, 6,600. I, I, I don't know what to say. Um, he's missed his last two cuts. Good start. The off the tee and on approach have been phenomenal plus 5.6. And that's in the three measured rounds of the two missed cuts. So, I mean, we only get one measured round. Where was it at Amex? No, at yeah. Farmers where he missed the cut. Two measured rounds at Waste Management. Off the tee on approach, great. I mean, long-term great ball striker. Long-term has gotten close to the lead, gotten in contention, almost won tournaments multiple times in his young career. I've, I've never been more sure of something in my life. It might not be this week, but we're not jumping off of Doc Redman like we did with guys – like Sergio, who was striking it great and missing cuts, and then he we jumped off and he won early. Side so jumped off and he won. I'm not I'm not jumping off of Doc Redman. I will follow the ship all the way down to the bottom of the ocean. Listen, I'd ra- I'd rather go on a sinking ship with a guy that's young like that and talented than someone who we have so much data on that it just seems like it is what it is. Doc Redman, right now, it seems like it is what it is but there's more variance, more variance. The lower you go to me is a good thing. Mackenzie Hughes, insane putter, cam champ, insane driver. Not saying I particularly like these guys, but I, I point this out every time. I would rather have my guy have one skill set that is world-class down here than someone who is just like 80th in all four categories that I don't know exactly where the out is. Um, there's a chance that Mackenzie Hughes goes nuts on the greens or champ gains seven strokes off the tee and sets himself up last guy. And then we'll bounce on out of here. Furick. I get it. If you want to go there, he's like a cheap cut maker. I just, I, I don't know. I, I still worry sometimes about that upside. Uh, and it's not like he's an auto going to find the weekend. I get it, but I'm not running to the window to play him even at that price tag. Really tough course fit for him too. Yeah. I mean, even when he was in his prime, he was like a Webb Simpson type. Um, and now you get him at how old, 50 years old on just this mammoth tough course. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, I, I, I just don't see it. I mean, if this was a short track, I would say maybe he gets hot and has a chance, but it feels like him just making the cut is like a top end finish for him at Riviera. It's tough. And that's what we have to sort through down here. Ownership, lineup construction, things like that. Vaughn Taylor, same bucket. Uh, Sean, that's a good question. Like he, he does have solid course history and he can get it done. I just, another one that it is a little tougher for, for guys like that. Um, tomorrow night, eight o'clock live before lock me and Jason Roslin answering your questions, lineup construction, ownership projections, digging into Alex's tools, all the premium things. Uh, we'll try to give you pieces of that. Obviously the real value is behind the glass, uh, which is why sign on up. We'd love to have you, even if it's just for a week, get on in there give us a try. I really don't think you'll regret it. On that note, we are going to bounce on out of here for me and Tim, just saying good luck to everyone. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up in Slack. We'd love to hear from you. Good luck this week. Next time we talk to you, it'll be for the Florida Swing. Good luck. See you then.